And we're back with another episode of the Audience Podcast. I am your favorite co-host. As you know, Craig's not around today. Bringing on somebody that I've known for, I think, now a decade, Jennifer Bourne. She's running something called Content Camp, and you can find it at contentcampworkshop.com. And she's offering you, the audience listener, 50% off an already ridiculously low price for this this workshop. She's priced it at $97. You can get it for 50% off. It's a three-day hands-on workshop that you will walk away from having a year of content prepared for your content marketing efforts. So a lot of you that email me here at Cassos, you can email me matt at cassos.com and you need help growing the audience, getting more downloads, getting more listens. What you'll learn today that it's not just about creating the podcast episode, but it's about marketing it. It's about promoting it. It's about writing and creating supplemental content around your podcast. And that's what not only Content Camp Workshop will help you achieve, but Jennifer and her stories and her lessons in today's episode will also greatly help. I really trust her and I love the work that she does. Let's dive into today's episode. Content marketing informs and educates your audience, positions you as an expert, and encourages people to take action, to buy, to register, to sign up, whatever it might be. And let's face it, most of us know we need to be doing it, and we may even know what we actually need to be doing, but are we actually doing it? A lot of times, no, because life gets in the way, business gets in the way, we're busy, we don't have a plan, we don't know what we're going to write about, so we put it off and we say, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. Then weeks and months go by and we haven't published anything. Content Camp gets you past all those roadblocks, maps out a year of content and gives you a plan so you know what to say, what to do, and how to get it out there so as many people get their eyeballs on it as possible. You know, that's, I was reading the website, um, content camp workshop that is, and I was getting down to the bottom. And of course, obviously all of your content and your, your copies is great. Your call to actions are, are phenomenal. And then I get to the bottom. It's like, we're planning out a whole year's worth of content, yeah. which is mind blowing to me. This, this experience is what I'll call it, right? This workshop is different than most because this is like, you're sort of working along. Am I getting it right? You're working yes. alongside of, of maybe what you're doing and what other people are presenting in the, in the workshop. Yeah. You know, there are so many summits and events and things where you go and you sit down and I don't know if you've had this experience, but you sit down and you listen to speaker after speaker after speaker tell you what you should be doing. And you take all these notes and you leave overwhelmed with all the things you should be doing that you're not doing. All the things that you took notes on and want to implement, but you don't have time to. So again, we put it off and we delay and months go by and then you're you're sitting there thinking, I spent three days at this live event or I spent an entire day watching all these summit things, not working on client work or not doing billable work and I still have nothing to show for it. Yeah. So I thought, you know, we don't need more of that. We need workshops. Like if I'm not gonna be doing client work, I need to be actively moving my business forward and accomplishing something that's gonna get me closer to my revenue goals, my audience goals, right? That's gonna help me move things forward in a meaningful, purposeful way. I'm hoping I can formulate an analogy uh, for all of the podcasters that are listening and all of the podcasters that are are, are just starting. But just like losing weight, and I know you've been on this health kick, and I'm watching you from afar, wishing I had the same energy <laughs> and power as you to do that same thing. But it's like we don't have oftentimes as humans, we say, 
we want to lose weight. We want to have this big content marketing plan running yeah. and we think about how overwhelming this stuff is. And we just, we get so overwhelmed with it that we don't do it. And the analogy I'm trying to make here is just like losing weight. Maybe if you eat a slice of pizza every day, you say, I'm going to take three days off of eating that slice of pizza and then just build up slowly to drawing a back from the pizza, just like creating content. Maybe we're creating these podcast episodes and, you know, maybe once every four episodes, you make a blog post about it, or you just send out an email newsletter that summarizes and you're just doing these little baby steps to getting into content. Is that a fair approach to how you teach content marketing or uh, at least soften the blow so people don't feel so overwhelmed with this stuff? Definitely. I think there's there's a thing that when I'm talking with my clients, because uh, I am doing a lot of copywriting, I do a lot of content marketing with clients, and I say, we don't have to build Mount Everest out of the gate. You have a vision of what things would be in a perfect world if you had all the time in the world to do something. Or you see kind of that guru or that leader in the space and you think, I need to do everything that they're doing right out of the gate. And that's not realistic. Right when we set those huge giant goals, that's when we don't we don't achieve them. It's hard, and then we get frustrated and we give up. So when yeah. you break it down into little baby steps and little things, I say let's just add one new thing, right at a time, and let's do that for a few weeks and make it a habit. And once we're used to doing that one thing, let's add another and get used to that becoming a habit. So. Yeah. The idea isn't that we're always recreating the real and recreating new things, but it's taking the content we're already working on and looking at what's one thing I could do to get extra mileage out of this. What's one thing that I could do to expand my brand, get more eyeballs you know, on the work that I'm putting together and to get more people into my community, right? Into my world. Yeah. Uh, podcasters who are creating podcasts already, if you've if your clients have experienced this, if you've experienced this, I am obviously I'm biased that you know creating a podcast is easy for me. I'm assuming that most people listening to this episode today, podcasting comes more natural to them, but the blogging doesn't, the email newsletter doesn't, the social media doesn't, right? To for maybe a majority of people. What have you seen in your experience where people can take a single, I don't know, 45 minute, 30 minute podcast episode and what else can they do with it? Like what have you seen or maybe if there's a strategy or two that you think is the best approach for people who can comfortably sit down and create audio, but are kind of stuck with the blogging and the email and the social or other things. Like how do you see a, a podcast episode spawn off into many opportunities? What I think is amazing about podcasting is that you get all the ideas out of your head faster than somebody who's blogging because you're not editing as you're right. Like when you're writing, you're editing, you're second guessing, you're judging and all, all the typos work. like I'm doing, oh like misspelling everything, going back and fixing yes. it. And let's face it, it's hard to write from scratch, but talking about what you're doing is natural. So when you're podcasting, you're in the flow and you're just sharing all that wisdom and knowledge without thinking about it. The best thing that you can do is transcribe. <laughs> transcribe that audio because then you have content in written form to work with in all different varieties of things. And you're not starting from scratch. You're not having to think about editing content that already exists is way, way easier. Right? Yeah. So the first thing I always tell a podcaster to do is transcribe that. So you get your words, your phrases out onto paper. 
And then review that and go through that. You can pull out quotes to create quote posts for social media. You can pull out little snippets or blocks, a couple paragraphs to drop into an email newsletter, a couple paragraphs to turn into a short article on LinkedIn, a longer post on Facebook, some tweets with some tips from that transcript. Right? You can take that one transcript and break it up a million different ways. And when I talk to podcasters, content creators about this, they say, but I'm using the same thing over and over and over. And what you have to remember is you're the first person that's ever going to notice that because you see everything that you're doing. You get bored with your content the fastest. You get bored with your website the fastest. That's why you always want to probably redesign it every so often. But the thing is, just as you're starting to get bored, that's when your audience is gaining traction. That's when your message is gaining traction with your audience because they don't see it in all the places you do. They might only see a post on LinkedIn or only hear the podcast or only see something on Facebook or Instagram or read that article on the blog. Or the thing is, you have to take your podcast content and make it available in a lot of different ways. And that transcript is the key because, again, you're just pulling little chunks and pieces out. Right? One podcast episode that's 30 or 45 minutes if you transcribe that and then you print it out, it's like 20 pages of content. Yeah, That can become two or three blog posts, 10 or 12 social media posts. It can become several quote posts that you can share out. It can become all different kinds of things. And you're just copy and pasting and designing it in a different way. Yeah. So I'm afraid we put the cart before the horse because I think a lot of people, this is not your fault, I'm the one that should be guiding this, <laughs> is... <laughs> When you consult with customers, yeah, uh, what's the goal? Like, what is the goal of your content, right? So a lot of people just say, I got a content market. I got to start a podcast. And I get this question a lot with the folks that I consult here at Castos is, uh, I'm trying to get more downloads, right? I'm not seeing my downloads going up in my Castos dashboard. Why? And so the first question is, well, what do you need all these downloads for? Like, do, do you need it to go up because you're selling sponsorship? Because you're trying to, like, obviously everyone naturally wants to reach an audience. Uh, but, like, does it matter how many downloads you have? Or are you putting the proper call to actions in place? Do you have the right product or service? Are the people listening to your show, are they 100%. the right customer for you? So how do you guide somebody to at least set the first goal in all of this content marketing that you're that you're consulting on? Most of the time, we're starting with revenue. <laughs> Right? Awesome. Because awesome. let's be honest, we're not in business to not earn any money. We're not in business to be broke. We're not working for free. Right? We're starting these things to bring revenue in, to pay our bills, to grow our business, whatever it might be. Podcasting most of the time is the same, right? You're starting that to use it as a vehicle to move things forward, to bring revenue in. So in most cases, the first place we start is how are you making money in your business? Right. How is revenue coming in? What are the core areas that are revenue generating for you? And then how do we reverse engineer content to feed into that? I call that how do we create fast paths to cash to make sure that the work that you're doing. So we're not just creating content to create content. It's not just willy nilly with no strategy. But how do we make sure the content that we're creating leads somebody to that revenue generating item? Right. How do we create content that's going to say, um, 
here's what you need to know, right? Here's how I want you to feel, how I want you to, you know, engage with this. And then here's what you need to do. So we always look at something from that perspective of what does somebody need to know? What do they need to learn? What do they need to do? And how do you want to make them feel? Because so many buying decisions are based on emotion because emotion makes that personal connection. So Mm -hmm. for me, it always starts with revenue and then reverse engineering that path to cash from your piece of content that you're creating and getting somebody to taking that action to bring revenue into your business. So we'll go back to where we've left off before we circled back to, you know, setting the goal first. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about we're the ones that see our work. We're the ones looking at our website all the time. We're the ones hearing our voice when we're editing. We're like, my God, my voice is terrible. Why do I do a podcast? <laughs> right. And you're like, I can't stand my face. Like, why do I do videos? So you, we're the ones like sort of just like being the super critic on our own stuff. Uh, but like you said, like sometimes people see us on LinkedIn and sometimes people see you on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, your blog, your newsletter. And that could feel like you're overselling too much. And I, I feel like there are a, a group of people that I run into who are just getting into this game. And they, man, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it out too much, right? It's just like, I'm just going to annoy people by like putting it on Twitter and all these other social media and then emailing them. Like, I feel wrong doing that. How do you address that when you get those people in the room with you? How do you tell them it's okay to publish your content? Or maybe there's a strategy on like dripping it out in a, in a certain cadence. So let's go back to that weight loss metaphor, <laughs> right? Don't take our away my pizza. Inner, our, we call, you know, our inner trash talker, our inner demons are the ones that we tell ourselves that we're fatter than we really are right? We tell ourselves all kinds of negative thoughts. I can't lift that much weight. I couldn't, can't do that much cardio. I'm not a runner, right? I'm too too fat to wear those, those tight pants, right? Whatever it is that we're telling ourselves, most of it is not true. That inner, that inner dialogue, that trash talk that we tell ourselves, it isn't just personal. It shows up in your business too. That inner kind of trash talk is the one that's going to say, you're putting yourself out there too much. You're doing too much. You're selling too much. You're pushing too much. And you have to realize that sometimes that's just fear showing up and it's testing you to see how bad do you want this, right? How bad do you want this? So you have to recognize that that trash talk isn't reality, right? It's fear creeping in. It's like fear of maybe being judged, of being seen, of having somebody say, who do you think you are to put all this out there, right? Those are real emotions that we feel when we put ourselves out there and we make ourselves visible. So I think part of that is recognizing that little bit of fear that we might have or that internal dialogue that might be talking and saying, I recognize that but I'm going to push forward and do this anyway. I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from someone was to look at once you launch something like a podcast, your number one goal becomes helping people figure out that it exists. And if you don't market it, if you don't share it, if you don't constantly put that word out there, you're robbing someone of the opportunity to connect with you and to learn from you and to benefit from all the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience that you have by not getting out there and not sharing your content across all of the platforms that you have available to you, you're robbing someone else of the opportunity to advance their goals, right? You might be the difference between someone achieving their goal and not achieving their goal. And if you hold back, 
then you're not going to be able to help those people. Yeah. I mean, we are quite literally in competition with ourselves, with our yes. competitors and with Netflix, uh, you know, YouTube, like all these places that want to draw someone's attention. So, you know, there's a thing and I run into this now. I've only been at, at this job uh, for the uh, last few months and I can already feel because I'm primarily responsible for creating like this podcast, creating a bunch of content, you know, mm -hmm. YouTube stuff. And I can feel the same trap I fell into on my own. For example, I started my YouTube channel, I don't know, many, many years ago. And I said, well, I think the solution to get a YouTube channel up and running is just pump out a ton of videos. And I just keep grinding and keep pushing out all these videos to the point where, I, number one, I burned myself out. Number two, and this is, I think, a big one is I didn't give myself a chance to let that piece of content I created get noticed. I didn't put any work into pushing it out. I didn't even give it a chance to like get a few views until I was already on to the next one. And I totally forgot about like the whole, you know, idea of why I created this video. And, and it's not fair. And this is in, in a lot of business, uh, a lot of facets of business. It's, it's your content. It's a new feature that you make in your product. You're like, yeah. this is an awesome feature and you make it. And then you just move on to the next thing and you totally forget about like why that exists. I call it post and ghost. Yeah, it's post and ghost. I mean, <laughs> how do you control like, so for content marketing, do you tell people, you know what, focus on one piece of content a month and then just break it down into many areas like core content and then break it down in many areas? How do you, how do you do that? How do you fight the post and ghost? It is hard because it is way easier to just create another piece of content than to market the content you've already created. Because part of it is, I think there's this innate feeling of I'm not doing enough, right? Everybody else is producing more than me. They're launching things, they're creating new things, they're pushing stuff out. And you think I have to create, create, create to, to keep up. But the reality is, if you look at some of the best, most successful content marketers out there, they're not creating as much content as you would think. They're creating one core piece and a podcast episode is one of the best things that you could start with, right? But they're creating one core piece of content and they're repurposing it over and over and over in different ways for different learners. Some people are visual, some people are audio, some people prefer video. Uh, people are engaging, like we said, on different platforms. But you can take that podcast episode and instead of just pumping out another episode, another episode, another episode, and just letting it fend for itself and maybe hope Google picks it up, yeah. spending time on marketing it gets you such a better ROI because you can take that effort, again, for me, it starts with that transcript, but take that podcast, turn it into an article on LinkedIn. A few days later, post about it on Facebook, drive traffic back to that episode. Maybe you then turn uh, it into a post on Medium and you drive traffic back to that episode. Then maybe you say, all right, I'm going to then create a script for a YouTube video and drive people back to that episode. All the different things you're doing, a Medium article, a LinkedIn article, a Facebook post, an Instagram story, an Instagram newsfeed, a blog post, whatever it might be, you're constantly driving people back to that original episode. So if you're trying to get sponsorships and you need to show a lot of downloads, how are you going to get 
the downloads that you want if you're posting and ghosting and you're constantly moving on to the next thing. You want to really boost those downloads. You want to get that engagement. It's creating all these other little pieces of content that drive traffic back to that episode for people to engage with and download. Creating a podcast is difficult already. Creating content is difficult 100%. already. And, and and we're trying to go into a million directions. And and again, most of the, the number one question that I see come across my desk at Casos is how do I get more listens to my podcast? So if you're if you're asking if you're listening to this and you're asking yourself that question and you're about to email me <laughs> <laughs> Matt at Casos.com and ask, hey Matt, Got you. Uh, how do we get more downloads? That that was the answer. And I'll take it even a step further. Um, one of the things, and, and Jennifer, hop in too, if, if you've done this in the past, like I, I do a local podcast, like local to my community. And it's just covering entrepreneurs. It's like everything I've been doing for the last 10 years on the internet about entrepreneurship. And I do it locally um, in the south, uh, south coast of Massachusetts. And one of the things I did, because I already knew what it took to launch a podcast, is I, I did a podcast about local co-working spaces. Like I did it on my own. I did a local podcast. Mm-hmm. I covered all the local co-working spaces because number one, I knew that if anyone's going to listen to podcasts, it's going to be most likely people who go to co-working spaces. Yeah. So I covered like, hey, you know, here's all these awesome co-working spaces in the South Coast because it's fairly new. This is co-working in the South Coast, fairly new concept. Um, and so I did like this roundup and then I emailed all of the co-working spaces after I made the episode, I said, hey, I featured you in this podcast, just letting you know. Like if it's something that you want to share, feel free to share it. Here's the link. Here's the episode. See you later. Bye. <laughs> and then I got uh, three out of the five co-workings that spaces that I emailed, sent me email back. This is amazing. Like they don't have anybody writing about them or talking about them, you know, in the media at large. They put it in their newsletter. They put it on their Facebook post or page. So what I'm getting at here is there's like this extra layer of you can actually work for your content too and showcase people or brands or organizations and say, hey, I did some cool things for you. Please share it. Piggybacking. Right? That's what I call it. That's like, what I see. Look at I have to take this course. Somebody else's brand, right? Yep. The fastest way to get other people to share your stuff is to say great things about them. Right. <laughs> Who and think knew? About what would what would they want people to know about their brand? But the thing is, when you're talking about topics, when you're talking about people, when you're talking about different things, if you really want to gain visibility fast, you want to look at who, what people. Like, who is my audience listening to, paying attention to, following? Who is my audience turning to for information? What centers of influence are they following? What brands are they following? And then in your content, mention those people and those brands, tag them in social media, get them in your blog post, get them in the transcripts of your podcast. So when people start Googling those people and those brands, your podcast starts showing up. That was one of the things I did early on in my business is I was working a lot at the time with female entrepreneurs, female solopreneurs. And there was a woman in the space at the time that had a huge following. She was kind of the leader and the pioneer of women starting businesses online, launching online businesses. And so I invested, you know, 3,500 bucks in a ticket to go to her event Right. And then I started blogging about the event and what I learned. And people who were Googling her 
because she was teaching people how to get online and she was telling everybody they needed a website and I built websites, they were Googling her and finding me because my blog, my blog was mentioning her, my content was mentioning her and what I learned and then leading into my services. And people would say, well, I was Googling her, but I came across this post that you wrote and I actually need what you do. So I piggyback on a well-known brand to bring some of that a traffic, that traffic and attention into my own business. Funny story, and this shows the power of podcasting. I had the same, a similar incident, uh, and I call it an incident because <laughs> I uh, interviewed a gentleman once, and uh, I won't say his name, so we don't link it. But he's a great guy, and if you do want to know who he is, you can always email me. Uh, we talked about how to charge your customers a hundred thousand dollars for websites, right? He worked at oh, a yeah. big agency, like all this stuff. And then what happened was my post started ranking similar to your situation. And then when people were Googling him to hire him, <laughs> they were falling on that post going, wait a minute, are you going to charge me a hundred thousand dollars? It's like, is this some kind of scheme? And then he emailed me and he said, Matt, can you please change the title of our podcast episode? I said, sure. I mean, you're, great guy. He helped me out a lot too early on in my career, but there's this power of, of exactly what, about what you said, like this piggyback approach, highlighting approach, and you're talking about these amazing things. If people are, have just started their content marketing efforts with podcasting, and that's all they've been doing these last few months of, of their podcast, what do you think the next best thing is for them to do to create content, to start to reach these audiences and these methods that we've talked about? Is it a blog? Is it a newsletter? Like, what do you think is the best next step for somebody who just has a podcast right now? If the only thing you're doing is podcasting and you had to say, what is my next one step before a blog, before a newsletter, right? Cause let's face it, your newsletter can be an RSS feed. Of, of the stuff from your post, right? Before you get into time intensive things, blogging, newsletters, those are serious, more serious commitments. The easiest thing that you can do is start getting active, building up a following on social media, right? That is the easiest, the lowest hanging fruit. That's where people are all hanging out already anyway. So taking your podcast episode, looking at the transcript, or if you don't transcribe it, listening, listen back to it and pull out quotes, tips, kind of tidbits, little chunks and repurpose that right. There's a tool called headliner where you can repurpose snippets from your podcast. Integrates uh, with Castos right in your dashboard. If you have a Castos account, just go hey, right there, there log go. in, send it right to the headliner. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. There you go. See, and you're making it super easy for them. But getting your podcast out there in a lot of different little bite-sized, tasteable, snackable ways, right? We look at that pink spoon, uh, the, the pink spoon strategy of Baskin Robbins, right? Have a taste, sample it, and then buy the big pea, buy the big Sunday, buy the cone, whatever it might be. Getting your content out there on social media, dropping a, a recording in your story, in your LinkedIn uh, page, in your Instagram feed, out on Facebook, those kinds of things are going to give people that snackable taste and say, ooh, that was good. Yeah. I want to know more with a link back to your podcast so they can then subscribe or they can then find you on YouTube you know, or on uh, iTunes or the um, other podcast players or whatever it might be. But that's the first place I would start because you need to grow your audience. Yeah. And that's low hanging fruit. 
You know, and, and if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, I just started that and I feel like I'm just talking into the void. No one's listening to me and responding to me. Welcome to the club. <laughs> this is where it begins. There? Are you yep. paying attention? You know, this is where it begins and you have to do it. We go back to our ex. We, we, for some reason, we can't get off the exercise train. It's like if you just started to teach yourself how to or train yourself how to run a mile and you're like, my miles are 14 minutes long. In a year's time, they're eight minutes long. You're like, my God, the transformation that happened in this, you know, it took a year, but look how yeah. far I've come. That's the same thing with a lot of this stuff. You are talking into the void for a little bit, right? And maybe you're, you're doing these social media posts and then in six months, people are starting to engage with you on these posts. Then you start a Facebook group, right? And then it's like, yes. okay, so now I can centralize everything and I can have deeper communication, you know, in this Facebook group, right? And you're still on social media for a year. The community Facebook groups that go with a yeah. podcast. Love them, right? In every episode, at the end of every post on your site, inviting people into your world, into your community to get more, to connect with you on a deeper level, right? There's so many times that people might think, oh, that's an interesting, you know, that was an interesting episode, right? That was an interesting quote. Oh, I liked what they posted there. But they don't really start caring until they connect with you, the host, on some kind of personal level. So engaging and sharing little snippets you know, peeks behind the scene of your life, little snippets of what's going on, different, giving people different ways that they can connect with you really makes them take interest in what you're doing and builds up that desire of like, Ooh, there's a new episode. I have to go check it out. Yeah. I want to know what they're going to say. Yeah. I've been getting a lot deeper into just exploring like communities and uh, like private Facebook groups and private communities and course creators and things like that, because we just rolled out private podcasting at Casto. So you can actually have your own private podcast for your you know listeners that even had that either paid you cool. or joined a group. So it doesn't go out to iTunes. They can just subscribe to it. And it's a big thing like we've been working on. So now I'm getting deeper into that world. Um, you know, I've been there in the past, as you know, like through WordPress and things like that. We've all both explored these types of things before. Uh, but now I think like the tooling around this stuff and the technology and the software is just way easier oh, than yeah. it was 10 years ago. It was easy 10 years ago, but it was easy for, you know, folks like you and I who were like in the WordPress space and doing things. <laughs> That's true. And, and, and still it wasn't that easy, but now it's even easier and more open, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I just did a lesson yesterday uh, on selling recurring design services. Uh, and one of the things that we were covering were all of the apps and the tools that are available today that are making things easier for the layperson to do technical things, right? So in terms of if you're looking at like, oh, you say create quote posts, put, you know, bits of text and quotes and snippets from my podcast into graphics to post on social media. That's hard, but actually with the right tools, it's not really difficult, right? Yeah. There's an app called Word Swag. Have you heard of this? I have not. Oh my gosh. There's an app called Word Swag. They also have one called, I think, Story Swag for stories. But Word Swag, you literally can copy and paste in a piece of text, a quote, anything, pull that snippet from your podcast episode, paste it in. It creates it on the fly for you. It does typography. It does everything for you. It takes the design thinking out of design and makes every person a designer. So creating those graphics to go along with your podcast episodes becomes super easy. And I can tell you that my daughter, who's 17, I'm like, hey, 
we have a client that needs a bunch of quote posts done for social media. And she's like, got this. She'll do like <laughs> 15 or 20 of them in an hour while she's watching a Netflix show on her on her phone. Yeah. Right? These are things that don't have to be really difficult if you just find the right tools that make it easy for you. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It does look pretty cool. I'm going to install it as soon as we're done. <laughs> Uh, so let's just talk about the content camp. Again, for those of you listening, uh, you should have heard me say at the top of the show a special coupon code to save 50%, which is ridiculous because it's already affordable as and all heck. only on sales, you save extra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you use the coupon code CASTOS, just the word CASTOS, you'll save 50% at content camp. Uh, and Jennifer, okay, look, so we're all, you know, we've been on zoom. COVID has forced us into this online world or forced some of us onto this online world that we've never been before. And we're zooming all the time. We're Skyping all the time. We're doing all these things. What I really, what's mind blowing to me is this is a, this is more of like a, a, a workshop kind of hands-on. I don't want to commit no, it to you, but like a hands-on thing that people can engage with. It's not just sit back, watch a speaker, Give us the rundown again, go a little bit deeper this time. Like, what do you think people, what's the biggest value points people are going to get by joining the camp? I think the biggest thing that you get from participating in content camp, the biggest thing we heard from attendees last year was I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't have a plan. And I kept saying I was going to create a plan and I kept putting it off because I knew it was going to take a lot of time. Content camp is three days right? Three days, five workshops a day, plus some hot seats. But the workshops, the first 15 or 20 minutes is instruction. Then we come together on a live working Zoom call. This isn't a presentation on Zoom. It's you log in and do the work. And you're not doing the work on your own. We don't leave you to figure it out. Like we taught you something, go figure it out on your own. You get a workbook that is over 200 pages of worksheets and fill in the blanks and prompts and templates and frameworks to make taking action super easy. So we're going to walk you through step by step the instructions in the first 15 or 20 minutes of the strategy, the framework, the, the tactic we're talking about. Then we're going to come together on Zoom and you're going to work through the worksheets and the framework and take facilitated action. So you're not left on your own to figure it out. And because we're all on Zoom together and it's open, you can just say, hey, I got a question. Can I get some feedback here? Can I read this to you? Can I read what I wrote? Can you tell me what you think? and get immediate on the spot feedback. So you're actually working on your business instead of just sitting and listening. So by the time content camps over, you'll have a year of content mapped out, a plan of how you're gonna tackle your content marketing to get the biggest ROI on those efforts. And you're gonna really understand your content, your content foundation more. So the message you're putting out there really resonates with your audience and gets people to take action. Contentcampworkshop.com, contentcampworkshop.com. Don't you dare email me asking, how do I get more listeners if you didn't take advantage of the 50% off with coupon code CASTOS at Content Camp Workshop without taking it? Will people be able to, obviously, besides the hands-on, can they buy it and replay it? Or no, it's just a in-live person. You only get it if you tune in for those three days. You will get it all the way through December 31st. 
So we know sometimes you might have like content camp is happening the 20th through the 22nd. So you might already have some meetings booked. You might already have some commitments or childcare stuff going on and that's okay. We know, right? We're all juggling those same things. So if you can't make it to something live, you have access to those recordings all the way through the end of the year. So you can revisit it whenever it works for you. Contentcampworkshop.com. Jennifer, thanks for doing the show. Everyone else, casos.com slash subscribe, join the newsletter. And I should have said, I, I keep forgetting to say casos.com slash podcast grader. Go there. You get a little grade on how you're doing with your podcast journey. Uh, give you some helpful advice, watch some videos, download our podcast worksheet. It's a blueprint, how to help you run a better podcast. And you can subscribe to our private podcast. If you're, if you're curious, What's the experience of running a private podcast? I want to see what running a private podcast is like. Casos.com slash podcast greater. Check it out there. 